Welcome everybody and welcome to another episode of uh, my podcast and hello if you're watching I've no idea if I wave because I've no idea if you're watching this or, or not but it is, it, is, it is on YouTube. Thank you Chris for not leaving me there uh, hanging and as you all know I am delighted to uh, have Chris. Uh, Chris actually fair play to you, you kind of pushed your way onto this. I know we agreed to do this a while ago and then I just didn't get around to organising it because I'm bloody useless so thank you for giving me um, uh, the nudge. I have been following Chris for it feels like forever on social so i actually feel like i, I know him but this is the first time that we have met per se mm. albeit um uh, digitally chris allen uh, he him uh, describes himself as chief of sales and memes and co-founder at licenseware the payg sam app ecosystem talks about sam cloud licensing microsoft and software asset management from the greater oxford area and he wears a yellow hat Chris, without further ado, welcome. Who, what, why, when, where, and let's talk about selling differently. Perfect. Thank, thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Even though, like you said, I somewhat <laughs> barged my way onto here. A long time coming, and you're right. We've never spoken before, so it's very strange now. Being, I know what you look like. I've watched your Ask Alex videos every Friday for yonks now, so <laughs> I recognise you. <laughs> but I've never actually heard your voice directly into my ears, which hasn't been pre-recorded. So it's I hope, nice it's, to find I hope it's a positive thing in your ear cancelling, uh, your noise cancelling headphones. <laughs> I've turned up as loud as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what's your story, Chris? Um, it depends which story I'm telling. Um, sales story. We'll talk the sales story. Yeah, so, um, I always, my, well, it's mainly stemmed from my mother. My mother thought I'd be good at sales. Um, I studied chemistry at university. Um, so I, I came out to the world thinking it was my oyster. Um, did some interviews in, in London to work for some chemical um, organizations, some lab equipment organizations, mm -hmm. and I couldn't get a job doing that because I had no experience. Um, so I took a, a local job at a criminal checking company because that's the, the natural next step. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was down the road, you know, it, it wasn't too far. It was enjoyable. The IT manager got fired there. Um, and I, I put my hand up to say, look, I, I kind of know a bit about computers. I, I've grown up PC gaming and how to build computers and how to build gaming servers. Do you want me to help you guys along on the IT mm -hmm. front until we hire someone else? They didn't hire anyone else until I quit. So that was about a year later. Um, right. I got hired by a supplier in Bath. So they were selling um, 365 mm -hmm. uh, Microsoft licensing, effectively, cloud yeah. cloud Microsoft licensing. And um, my job was a cold call monkey, $120 a day, um, generate leads to, to pass on to account managers. Um, I thought there must be a better way of doing this. And then I found LinkedIn. <laughs> um, and yeah, it sort of just stemmed from there. I started posting kind of what I wanted to a certain extent mm -hmm. um the marketing manager that we had at the time well he's, he's still there now really really nice guy um Alex Bacon kind of let me have free reign to a certain extent of what I could post and it kind of just spiraled I guess mm -hmm. um I didn't I had a few weird um LinkedIn profile pictures um and I I, I wanted to make sure that they were strange but I kind of needed to get a, a slightly more professional one when um we had a it was new year's it was new year's day and we went down to the beach and everyone went swimming in the sea and then we got out and then i'd put on that jacket and the yellow hat to get warm and then my brother my sister took that picture and i thought that'll do that'll do and then the the yellow hat yellow hat thing started which you 
you actually helped me turn into a, a brand thing. A brand. So that's where the, cause I've always actually felt that's actually what you have one of the better um, kind of LinkedIn profile um, photos. I, I mind there's me talking at a LinkedIn conference the other day, some person I didn't know commented on the fact that it looked like whether I was following through on a farce or not. I thought it was a slightly random thing comment to make on somebody you don't know, but yours, yeah. what I, what I like about your photo to the point is that your hat it kind of stands it stands out and the the fact that you you have built a brand around a a, a yellow hat if it's um mm. uh, if it will so what in terms of then you know from um con, con, convert it was that it and then current you need to say that carefully um in terms of the cold calling and then into kind of posting stuff onto the social what what kind of what was the trigger to think you know what there's got to be a better way to to do this or i want to do it differently should we say um i wanted to form a, a passive income of leads mm -hmm. so rather than being purely based on what can i deliver this week or what can i deliver this month it's a case of i i want to have another an, another stream of inbound leads yeah. um and i've been doing some research about linkedin and about sort of what it does for you as a person personally and professionally i how that's going to help you with your career yeah. Um, obviously networking, meeting new people. Um, and the, the first sort of proper conversation I had, and I, I'm still friends with them now, and I still do work occasionally with them now. I posted a post asking about whether or not the gatekeeper, you know, you've got to get through the receptionist, can have yeah. an impact on a, an organization's technical direction based on who they let through. And um huh. I ended up having a chat with this IT director in the comments saying, you know, not, not all cold keeper, cold callers are bad. Yeah. Um, and then the next day he decided to let a cold caller go through who was lying apparently about being his cousin. Um, and he messaged me like, um, yeah, wasn't happy about that. I was like, really sorry, but you know, if you ever want to have a chat or whatever, you know, let me know. And he said, do you know what? We actually want to do some stuff in the cloud. Can, can we organize a, you know, a call on, on Monday, whatever I'm at the pub yeah. currently. And I was like, I'm at the pub as well. <laughs> um, and we've had that relationship now for what five years um, and that's kind of that was the first mm -hmm. point of realization like this can actually work yeah um, and I was intrigued to what sort of scale um, whilst pushing the boundaries of not doing it too professionally I wanted to see as an experiment mm -hmm. how much I could Am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, you're allowed to swear. How, how much I could shit post yeah. and get away with it and it still be profitable. Um, <laughs> that was kind of the intention to start with. It's like, okay, this, this can work. Let's see how far I can go with it and mm -hmm. just go from there. Um, and I probably haven't made a proper cold call now for the past two and a half years. Um, That's cool. Yeah, just, just, just do it via LinkedIn now i mean it's not purely inbound i do do some outbound yeah, stuff yeah. on linkedin but i won't pitch people in in messages anymore um the old uh, the old switcheroo connects and then you get war and peace through oh, yeah. uh, thing. it's like deconnect delete and uh, and so on i think that and that's the I, people know me that i actually like the term social selling i think it's lost all all kind of meaning from from when it was coined back in 2014 2015 whenever but it's the it's the kind of the proving it works. And, and when people kind of expect like you did for the first time, you created, you basically created a conversation. I actually think mm. what you did there very cleverly with that post is that you created some kind of tension 
in the question around that's a bit of a challenge going well I, 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 i'd never thought about that until until this point of time that actually you it could well be that you the right person isn't being allowed to get through because the 99 other calls have just been <laughs> just been yeah. they call salesperson and what might that mean for the overall direction of travel for um for a business and how you're able to turn that in you know into a conversation and kind of learn from that and i, I believe that when people experience that for themselves for the first time that's then when the penny starts to drop if you will go huh there's something to this but i guess what separates what definitely not i guess what i know separates you from from the crowd is that a you're prepared to be brave <laughs> in terms of some of the stuff that um that goes out there and um b i i guess it, it's helped that you've worked for organizations who have been uh, permissive in terms of allowing you to kind of stretch the the boundaries of what the LinkedIn police slash brand police uh, might see as being suitable on um, on LinkedIn. We'll come yeah. to that in a minute because I've seen a massive change in the last eighteen months, twelve months on uh, on all of that. But would you say that's a fair assumption of being just kind of being allowed to push the boundaries has enabled you to create what you've you've created in terms of the brand that is Chris? Yeah, I definitely say so. And I mean, I have been slapped on the wrists a few times. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've got I've gone beyond the the, the grey line, so to speak, <laughs> on a, on a few occasions, and quickly had to take posts down. But you know, I I like to archive them myself, just thinking yeah, that was a funny one. That was a funny <laughs> one. <laughs> um, so no, that's definitely being allowed to have that flexibility in my approach to the platform and. I think there was an acceptance of that I wasn't there to represent the organization as well. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people were aware, you know, if you had been following me for a while that I wasn't there to yeah. explicitly promote my company for, for two reasons. One, people buy from people. So from my perspective, it didn't seem to make sense to promote the organization behind me obviously i need to have an organization you know a trustworthy organization a credible organization that backs me yeah however 90 percent of the job is going to be done via the fact they're buying from a person so i didn't want to constantly throw my my organization's name out mm -hmm. um and secondly it was where was i going with this secondly they were happy with me to build my own brand because then it kind of separated they, they were aware that I was doing it. And yeah. whilst it was, you know, for my benefit, it, it inadvertently, obviously, they were going to make business mm -hmm. out of the leads I was generating. Um, but at the same time, it wouldn't affect them from a, a brand, a branding perspective, because it was focused on my brand as opposed yeah. to the organizations. So apart from the posts you were asked to take down. <laughs> yeah, apart from those ones. And that's, uh, it's, it's, it's such a gray area that, and you know, I, I agree with you. There is, um, and each organization is different. It, it is this balance that sometimes you have marketing, dare I say, kind of in, enforcing this, you will promote the corporate message and, uh, and, and push it, which actually fundamentally no employee has to do. Nobody can tell you to post yeah. anything on LinkedIn from a, um, from a corporate perspective. And it's that, that, bl it's that blend between building the brand that is, that is you. And I kind of, Again, this kind of personal branding, I feel has gone a little bit kind of too far in terms of the narrative at, at the moment because of what's, what's happened. And I think there's a difference between having a personal brand and having a personality. Mm. And I would suggest through your personality and style, you've actually created that brand 
Whereas I feel that I see people trying to create a personal brand for the sake of a personal brand yeah. rather than actually building it around their, um, their personality. And what you have done very well, because it is you, I don't actually know who you work for. I, I know who you work for now, but at the time it was, it's Chris. Yeah. But I knew what you did in the round in terms of the industry and the stuff you did with Microsoft and 365 and licensing and cloud. So you were very, very clever at positioning yourself in terms of you and this is my knowledge and this is the organization I happen to work for, mm. which is not easy to, to do, to, in my view, get that this is, this is what I know, because typically it's the other way around. It's you're pushing this is what the company knows and I'm the voice to, um, to do it. And I guess also, and I've spoken to a few others who have your advantage that you are technically um, ept. Is that also inept? I don't <laughs> I made something up, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that works, I'm happy with that. <laughs> heard it here first. The fact that you, you, are, you, are, you are technical, because again, a lot of your content is, is, is good content. And it's, even though it might look rough and ready you're doing it with intention in a very clever way whereas and i will shut up in a minute i do see people that i get what they're trying to do but it's done badly and actually almost is counterproductive mm. because the production quality is just i'm not saying my production quality is any good um but it's like oh wow I, I get i get what you're trying to do there but that just hasn't worked because you're almost stretching your technical abilities of what you're trying to create from a content perspective to yeah. um too far so what would your kind of advice be to people that are kind of sitting there thinking i want to be what i want to do what chris does but how do i go about even kind of starting this where where, where do i start i mean you you had that post but what what before that that kind of getting out there what prompted you what how did you go about thinking about even asking that very clever question. That's a good question. That's a very clever question. Um, I think is, I mean, from my perspective, I was always wanted it to be a story mm -hmm. in the sense that people who, you know, people I'd meet, they, they would somewhat be taken along a journey. Mm -hmm. um, like th there's some people out there who actually know the story behind the hats and why I have multiple of them. Mm -hmm. Um, like you said about the yellow hat branding side of things. I mean, the, I started it because I wanted to just generate some more leads. And yeah. th there's, there's three things I suppose that are my passion, which is one memes. I, I love, I, I love memes. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on the internet. Um, so it made sense for me to, you know, do something that I, I enjoyed mm -hmm. and is a, I suppose a, a culture I'm part of, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, secondly, I'm into PC gaming. And I've never sort of shied away from that or my nerdy side. And yeah. I'm, I'm keen to sort of promote that. And then obviously I like, I like the industry I work in, mm -hmm. which kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that it's a business platform and I'm trying to generate business with the, in the yeah. industry that I work in. So it's kind of a, just identify things that you'd be happy to post about and not mm -hmm. forcing yourself to post about. Yeah. Um, you could, for example, work in a state agency mm -hmm. and just, talk about tech and, and memes i mean it's probably not necessarily like the best strategy however when it comes to creating content and in engaging with people and gaining a following and creating a network you're more likely to do that with something you're passionate about than necessarily something you're not passionate about 
Um, because you're not necessarily, your demographic isn't necessarily going to be the ones you want to sell to. Uh, yeah. I, the majority of my demographics actually salespeople. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's partially tactical because salespeople are connected with the people I'm actually trying to sell to because they're yeah. trying to sell to them as well. Um, but, you know, it would have made more sense for me to connect with IT directors, but I actually focused on connecting with salespeople because I did talk a lot about sales yeah. um, and it still worked. Because, you know, the, the message was still, I, my tactic was always, um, it's best to be known for the wrong reasons than none at all. That was my, my outset. And my mum's always sort of, my mum's always sort of put that mindset in my head of like, she used to love doing karaoke. She still loves doing karaoke. Yeah. And she, she would always say, you know, you're never going to meet these people again. So just, just give it a go. doesn't matter at the end of the day. And whilst LinkedIn's a bit more permanent in the sense that obviously people were going to know who I am. Um, I just thought to myself, oh, if it doesn't go well, I'll just bin it off. Um, I think I just raise, ca- yeah, you, you raise, or your mother um, raises a very good point there because I think a, a, a lot of it is um, it's that fear factor, if you will. Oh my God, there's a social media. Yeah. Well, everybody can, um, can see it, but also um, what if it's a bit shit? And if I look at the, just in terms of the, the quality of the content or whatever it is you're trying, trying to do, and if I look at my journey, certainly on video, the Ask Alex videos, the kind of the, the, the iterations they have gone through, and I've got plans in my head for next year in terms of where I want to, um, uh, to take it. And I've now built, amazingly, a community around that and people that I don't even realise us watch it. You know, chief execs like really you you watch you watch my videos i don't even see you on like they're like yeah we, we look, i look forward to your final kind of stuff I'm like okay fine um cool <laughs> but it was the kind of the same old okay well, it's a bit crap we just try again and um and carry on and carry on going until it's it's not crap or yep. you just decide it's not necessarily for um for you and i i think what's what's interesting you talk about you you just kind of sell to you sell to sales people because of who they're connected to and i've seen an interesting kind of thing starting to kind of happen in in that space you look at you know tom boston so tom boston sells a lot in terms of what he's been doing around very depreciating kind of sales comedy mm. if you will and engaging with the sales community who fundamentally will end up using the technology that they buy but they they can be advocates of it but it's got to be sales directors got to be you know cfos that sign the stuff up the point yeah. that they've actually created a new role for him called chief social evangelist to kind of build on that content strategy again i don't know if you're on tiktok but the sales community that's starting to kind of burgeon on tiktok with each other Again, it's the very self-depreciating, very funny kind of a day in the life of you know corporate bro style, um, yep. style stuff, and it's almost this dare I say anti-marketing approach, <laughs> which is generating for some you know for some people you know huge amounts of um, you know huge amounts of, of opportunity and leads. And I guess you know for me one of the one of the original kind of leaders of this is um, Dan Disney and the and the yep. daily sales in terms of what Dan's created in terms of that that kind of following on his daily sales um, feed, which is in the hundreds of thousands, I believe, is basically sales memes. <laughs> it's what, what, what it's all about. And, you know, I've, I, I, I dabble with memes, GIFs, GIFs, GIFs are more my, my thing rather than memes, but I also don't have the intellectual capacity to come up with something funny. So I'll, I'll repurpose um, uh, another one. But it's, 
and I'd be interested to get your take on this, the, the, the change that I've seen on LinkedIn in, the, in terms of the type of content that is now being put out there from what would have been two, it's just light years away from what we would have seen two, two three years ago. Um, and that's even in my world of working with lawyers and accountants, mm. you know, them putting videos up, them putting funny stuff up, them putting more personal uh, uh, approach to it. So what, and you did, you know, I'm not saying this because you're on the podcast. I see you as one of the leading, leading lights of this in, in your world, but from your side of the fence and your, your community, which is slightly different to mine, you know, what changes have you, are you seeing? Exactly. Like you said, I think people are becoming more comfortable with the idea of LinkedIn not being what people thought it to be. Mm-hmm. There's the, there's this stereotypical joke of LinkedIn's not Facebook. Yeah. Well, when did LinkedIn become like Facebook? Uh, yeah. Someone posted that two, three days ago saying, when did LinkedIn become Facebook? And my response was, when did people start working in businesses? It's yeah. Facebook went through a similar transition. So when Facebook was just starting out, there wasn't much in the sense of photos and videos. It was a lot of written content. Um, people were very closely knit in their, their local communities or families, etc. cetera. Um, whereas Facebook now is more of a content sharing platform, not typically done by the people who are actually posting it. They're sharing stuff they think is funny and they're making friends with you know, people in online communities, um, you name it, there's going to be a group for it on Facebook as an example. Um, LinkedIn is going through that same transition. um, But people, there's two, there's there's people clinging on to the old LinkedIn's a business platform, which it most definitely is. However, it's, it's becoming more the fact that people are the face of businesses. Mm -hmm. um, And when people are on the internet, this is this is the shit they do. They like to post weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what the internet was made for. Um, and LinkedIn's going to be tainted by that to a certain extent. Every single platform is going to be tainted by that. It's the internet at the end of the day. Well, it's, it's the internet and it's social media. And um, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. And I think it's, for me, it's, it's interesting seeing the, the impact this is having on... SaaS selling to start with in terms of that that market you know we, when i think professional services and more traditional kind of markets i think will eventually come on on that journey but this whole you know the world of selling is being upended on, on its head just generally because obviously what's happened in terms mm-hmm. of the way that things were done um we could do things different way we feel sales as far as i'm concerned is dead i don't think field sales will be the way that the way that it, it's uh, uh it was but it's also what for me that LinkedIn is, is, is wrestling with, and we're starting to see this come out in the research as well, is this, they've got four age profiles, possibly five age profiles now to deal with. You've got the, the, the mid to late 50s who use it as a CV shop, and that's kind of kind of it, or the digital Rolodex. Those of you listening know what a Rolodex is. Um, <laughs> all the way through to, you know, the next gen, what are we, Gen Z um, mm. coming through, where they live their life on TikTok and Reels yeah. and Snapchat, and their whole life is, is broadcast on the... Uh, on the internet and they're used to it's normal for them not so in a healthy way to, to have this kind of this online there's, there's no real difference between the online persona and kind of persona you have in real life and it's also gaming is i think such a massively misunderstood community i saw yesterday in a uh, whatsapp group i'm in 
that gaming is, is the biggest uh, in terms of um, eyeballs, even over mm. YouTube and uh, this or all users. And it was somebody who is looking at um, how do you leverage gaming from a marketing perspective? So from a, from a, from a consumer perspective and you know, things like Discord, how that's now come from you know, complete kind of a, uh, an, anonymity Anonymity is a Friday. Um, so kind of amazing. I saw yesterday that they turned down some insane offer from I think Microsoft or someone, and they've taken the value. I think they've taken five hundred mil, which is now put and valued at fifteen billion. Nice. They only made one hundred thirty-five million last year. They're not even profitable. It's like what? It's like what? Why the hell did I not think of this when I was back in the uh, um, back in the day when we had you know Microsoft MSN chat and five one two kids. 512k dial-up if only we uh, we'd known chris and it's how are you because again the world that i sell to is very different i still sell to lead leadership but it's just, it's just different in terms of the, the the way that and what i sell so in terms of it directors and people that you're you're selling to i guess in terms of the more traditional which is a stupid thing to say what sort of reaction do you get from them in terms of when they kind of see what you do, what you engage with online, even if they maybe haven't seen it initially, you connect with them and then they start to see kind of who Chris is, maybe before they've seen who Chris is, you know, what, what sort of reactions do you, if any, I mean, you maybe, I, I don't know. <laughs> Normally it's, it depends on, like you said, probably their age group to a certain extent, mm. how long they've been in the industry and how much they, use social media i'd say on average it's very like what are you doing mate <laughs> that's what that's that's the average response yeah um i mean with with, with enterprise organizations um you know I'll, I'll be speaking with num number of different departments or a number of different contacts within those departments so mm -hmm. some people pe people get it majority of them are just like what are you doing mate and it's like yeah you know just having a bit of fun but it keeps them entertained. They'll see it. And then, you know, th three weeks later, I might go into the office or I won't be doing it anytime soon. But um, before before COVID, et cetera, I'd go into the office and they'd be like, oh, that's, that video was yeah, a bit stupid, wasn't it? And you'd be like, yeah, it was. Hope you enjoyed it. And he's like, I did, actually. And I was like, well, there you go. And I think that's that's the, the, the key point here is that it's creating that that anchor point. And it's creating that kind of that, that point of differentiation from out of all the other the noise that is uh th that is out there in terms of how how can i stand out from everybody but the key thing and i think that this is this is the key thing and i was reading you know some of the, the the very positive recommendations you have on your your profile beforehand this is all about starting the conversation right yeah. it's all about creating those connections and starting the conversation there are two aspects here i guess you can't have to back up the personality that you create <laughs> online because if you have this persona online that isn't you in in person that in itself can um almost fall foul and people go hang on a second then we know that i now know that's fake so what yeah. else not trust about you but the other thing about this this is all about starting and creating conversations and i always get very frustrated when people go well, prove to me social selling works or prove to me linkedin linkedin works it's like well fundamentally i'm not here to help your sales team close i'm here to help your sales teams create conversations and create yep. network, create community if they can't then convert that into a qualified pipeline of opportunity and close it social linkedin twitter facebook email campaigns cold calling hasn't necessarily failed per se mm. it's, it's the sales process and i i do kind of get the sense that we're still seeing this and i was i pretty admit i've been part of it it's kind of still this camp 
mentality, not camp in terms of camp, but camp as in a camp you sleep in, um, yep. mentality around it's this or it's that or it's this. You can't kind of mix it all to um, all together. And the, and the other, to your point, is that it's not, yes, if you did, it drives inbound, but you also have to do outbound. And that mm-hmm. outbound could be on, um, you know, through social. But at least when I do it, and I'm going to make an assumption the same as for you, within my industry and my, my sector, people kind of know me already. Even if mm-hmm. we're not connected, or that it's like, or they know someone who knows someone in, in, in terms of this. So what's, what's your take on, again, from what you're seeing, where, where do you believe that this is going to, to go? Well, I'll shut up in a minute because I'm doing most of the talking around this. We're in the creator economy. You know, LinkedIn announced their creator funds last week. I think it was, although it's only yeah, only there for um uh, for for Americans at, at the moment. At the moment, what, where do you do? We think we're going to go down the TikTok generation. Is that short form video? Is I mean, how, how that? What the hell is sales going to be in ten years' time? Do we think? <laughs> if I knew, then you know. <laughs> making a lot a lot lot of money um so i don't think it will go down the direction of tiktok i think it will go more down the direction of youtube um youtube supports short to long form content youtube supports everything if you want to learn anything or you want to entertain yourself on anything youtube um, is the platform for that i think linkedin will just be the business version at some point how they how they deliver that will, will be obviously different to that of YouTube because YouTube is normally associated around, um, it is associated around people, yeah. but it can be associated around groups yeah. or businesses, um, which I suppose LinkedIn is the same, to be fair. Um, I think that's the direction it will head in. How that will impact sales um, do you okay? That's an, that's an unfair question to to ask because I couldn't ask the question. Now, it could be, I've seen this. I can't remember if it was you or someone else. This conversation about LinkedIn becoming YouTube. I would argue it's kind of halfway there because you've got LinkedIn Learning. Mm. The LinkedIn Learning in terms of that, that aspect of it. now, what thing LinkedIn is shit at is how it manages video, yeah, how it curates video. Now, what's we're losing stories. I saw the announcement. I mean, okay, stories fine, what have you? And it seems to be they are reinventing what video is going to 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 be like. I'm also you know, seeing the, the the rise of the conversation around um, back to you know selling selling differently is the use of um, video within outreach messages and I can never what is it asynchro asynchro whatever whatever the thing is video so it's not live basically <laughs> asynchromatic yeah. video whatever it might be um, do you use video at all in terms of outreach? Uh, Vidyard, yeah, I've played with Vidyard before. Um, okay. I find it very effective, um, and I think you know I've just posted that that diss track thing, and someone was saying, "Oh, I should start sending these to people in pictures." Yeah. And I think, yeah, why not? I mean, if you can just have a generic rap and then you just change the name in it um, as a pitch, then I think it's different. It's standing out with respect to LinkedIn and how they manage videos. I think. So at the moment, we've got the featured section, haven't we? So we can star content. Um, How we how how you manage historic content will be changed in the sense of you'll have featured sections. I expect you'll be able to do playlists as well. Um, I just think the fact you can curate articles and documents, but you still can't curate bloody videos into one place is just 
so especially if, especially the content god i sound like a douche the content creators like ourselves mm. um, i would like my videos to be in one feed so that people can just scroll through the you know the video feed like they do on um on that i just for the love of me i don't know why they haven't done it, it can't be that difficult from a code perspective just yep. go this is a video file put it in the, in this line with other videos um but the, it's the the creator fund you mentioned um i'm not aware of this but i was thinking in the shower this morning um as well, me, <laughs> yes about you i got you turned up really loud in my ears <laughs> um was was the fact that with youtube etc the, the 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 content creators generate money through sponsorship yeah um so in, in the same way if we're if if creators are driving people to linkedin to consume sent con consume said content how are linkedin incentivizing that for the creators because currently they're not um linkedin's getting paid directly to put the sponsorships onto yeah. the feed mm-hmm. they're being paid, paid by the organizations obviously who want to promote their their stuff for business reasons um but the people who are making people go to linkedin aren't getting anything in return um yeah one would assume is that they're getting a business benefit from it. Um, but even if I wasn't in sales, I still think I would post it on LinkedIn because it's fun. But I guess I think that that's a really, I mean, you raise an interesting point there. And I, I always have this debate with people that um, I'm in a Facebook group, um, people getting frustrated that they're getting restricted on this and that, and then it transpires. They're not paying for LinkedIn at all, yeah. but they're using it for commercial purposes. And like just pay just pay for premium, pay for sales navigator. If you're half as good yeah. as you say you are, one deal should pay for that license, you know, X times over. And then we're not having to rely on advertising to keep LinkedIn, you know, um, alive. And I guess from my perspective, whilst yes, I create content, which hopefully keeps people on LinkedIn, which keeps eyeballs, blah, blah, blah. It, that drives other revenue streams for me. I get what you're saying about I'd still put stuff on LinkedIn even if I wasn't in sales. But again, you're unique. You you and I are in the minority in terms of just putting stuff on, you know, on there. And I'm my passion about barbecue. So I just put barbecue videos on Instagram and mm. stuff because I because of what have you. But I feel there's, there's still a huge audience out there that just wouldn't do that because because what well, it's LinkedIn, right? So you you wouldn't. But that's an interesting angle in terms of how might they or how might one monetize you but then you're moving into the kind of it's a gray area though because it's, it's the patreon only fans kind of model so you know email subscription kind of letters and this this type of thing of course now you, people can um i haven't got it yet but you can email newsletters obviously coming full circle because you can mm. write an article and turn that into a, a, a subscription model so i get what you're saying but from my perspective i think it's LinkedIn would move into a grey area if they started to go down that route because for all its failings, the fact that we're not inundated with the amount of shit that you see on other platforms in terms of advertising because that's how they make money, mm. I think is a good thing. And I think if it started to go down that route, that could be a, a tricky place for it. I don't know, purely my view. I'd be interested to understand how much the money they make from um, promoting sponsored content. I think they hit um, a billion. I think the last quarterly earnings in Microsoft, they hit a billion dollars in revenue on, on ads. I mean, 
Which to me is amazing money. because I've never clicked on a LinkedIn ad in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I often click on them by accident. <laughs> pay you the money, pay you the money. I'm never yeah. going to sign up. Have that four pound, that four pounds I'm going to charge you. Go to your competitor <laughs> website. So let's bank them and click, 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 click. <laughs> I, I do genuinely think they'll have to incentivize people though. I think the platform would slow. I won't, don't think it would slowly die. Um, but I think they're missing a trick because every other platform yeah. out there does, does support that sort of, that sort of model. And if, if you're, you know, directly involved in sales, then of course we're getting a decent, decent business benefit off the back of it. Um, and then I would say, so for HR and marketing, but if you're in another department and you're putting good content out there and you've generated a following and then you compare that to someone who's done the same on Instagram, yeah, they're just going to leave LinkedIn and move the following over to Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I mean, it's, it's fair. And I think as I, as I reflect on that, as, as we're talking for some of the, you know, the narrative and some of the, the, the groups I'm in over in, in the U S around actually I think from a sales perspective, selling differently in the kind of maybe the future of sales is it'll almost be kind of the SDR role, if you will, will become a gun for hire. Mm-hmm. So it will be a portfolio, i.e. you as an SDR or seller will, set, will, will buy your own stack, your own tech stack. You will have created much like you have done. And then you'll have a portfolio of companies that you sell for where they, you know, you, they, charge you or you charge them commission based on xyz so i can mm-hmm. kind of see then if you're kind of that sales creator type thing making it up then to be able to monetize what you're doing also from the content creation side of things that the logic then makes sense to me yeah mm. it should be interesting it is interesting times um uh ahead we didn't get into it, but let's get into it. Let's keep. You, you, you still got time to keep going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still happy to chat. So, what I wanted to also talk about is that you're you've now gone in. From, you're now doing your own thing, right? So, I've just mm. your profile. I've just seen the, the gif of the dude going to the swimming pool. Um, <laughs> so, licensed wear. Mm-hmm. Co-founder of that the the PAYG SAM app ecosystem. And before we came on air in the green room, I know in our in my imaginary green room, you mentioned you've, it's been an interesting kind of shift from going to kind of the sales role to the marketing role and um why did you also decide to take a leap of faith as we're coming out the back end of a global crisis <laughs> um i'll start with the latter question um so i had a really really good run at software one um i'd achieved a lot there um my my focus i had moved obviously from devon to, to london so i moved all the way from my family i had no friends it was you know, it was mainly for my career to make that shift. Um, my a- main aim was to do at least three years um, and save up enough so I could get on the property ladder. Um, I managed to get a mortgage. So that's that was that goal accomplished. Um, the guys at Licenseware approached me. I'd been in talks with them for a while. Nice guys and sort of discussion, the vision three of myself and what, what they were talking about doing in the market really resonated with me. But I said, I can't do it yet because I still need to achieve said goal. And I achieved said goal. And then they got an investment round. I think it was a couple months before. Mm-hmm. So it seemed to be like a good a good time to make that shift. And I'm relatively young. I don't have any responsibilities. 
I mean, I've got a mortgage now, but a mortgage is cheaper than rent. So financially, I could actually then do it. Um, I just thought to myself, if, I, if I'm, I've always wanted to join a startup, if I'm ever going to do it, now's the time to, to give it a yeah. go. And um, made, the, made the leap of faith. So your job title is Chief of Sales and Memes. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> I mean, is that literally what it says on the tin? You're, uh, <laughs> you're in charge of sales and memes, or is there a little more to, a little more to it than that? <laughs> Chief of Sales and Marketing. Um, everyone, everyone knows my, my type of marketing is mainly associated around memes. Um, so it wasn't going to differ too much from what I was doing already. It's just a case of now I've got to do it from a, a corporate company standpoint yeah. and develop the branding around that probably more professionally than I've done for my own one. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, it's a similar tactic of standing out from the crowd. Yeah. You know, we're going into a market which is somewhat saturated already. Um, we need to disrupt. So we need to do things differently. Mm -hmm. We need to make waves and make some noise. So that's that's what I've got to do from a marketing perspective. And then from a sales perspective, just got to sell stuff. Sell, sell stuff to <laughs> people. Sell stuff to people. <laughs> now, people... What, it, what is it? There's pay-as-you-go. What's Sam? Software asset management. The software. software to the software to track your software. Software to track your software. Yeah. Very, very, very good. And was the yellow branding... So the yellow branding, I'm assuming, was your choice to be on brand with your yellow hat, or did that already exist? Uh, no, so their, their branding's blue. So, okay, so you've just gone, um, yeah, you've just gone, screw you, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm just looking at your LinkedIn, uh, yeah, uh, your LinkedIn banner image. <laughs> but yeah, this, that's, that's my LinkedIn profile, that's my banner. <laughs> of course, I can see now the blue here, it's the, um, it's the, uh, it's the blue. Whereabouts in Oxford do you live? I know we don't, we don't. Um, so I live um, south of Oxford, Wantage, Wantage. small town called Wantage. We weren't planning on moving here. Um, we ended up moving in with a friend to live in his flat whilst we were looking for a house. And we were looking in the northwest of Oxford. And we said, oh, should we just have a look down the road at this house that's for sale? And it was perfect. So that's why we ended up here. And I remember seeing your post saying you've, you've achieved what your goal was to, um, to get them all to get on the property ladder. So yeah. um, fantastic. Uh, where can people find you, Chris? If they want to learn more about you, if they want to follow and learn from you in terms of your unique style that is on LinkedIn. Yeah, um, so I don't know. You just search Chris Allen, I should come up. Chris Allen, Chief of Sales and Memes. Mm -hmm. um, you can either find me, you can also find me via um, Licenseware, our company page. Obviously, I'm an employee there. Um, links somewhere. I still haven't figured this, this bit out, how you do this on YouTube. If you just point fingers everywhere, <laughs> then, then something will come up. <laughs> cool. Um, Chris, I'm very glad that you uh, kind of forced your way onto this. So I know he said we would, but if he basically emailed me yesterday saying, when are you going, when, are you, when am I coming on the podcast? And I said, could we do next week? He was on holiday. I'm like, fuck it. We'll do it today then. <laughs> so, um, thank you today being uh, the Friday before the, uh, the Wednesday that, it's, uh, that it goes out. It's been an absolute pleasure. And from January, it's been an absolute pleasure kind of watching you from afar, but near in terms of um, what you have created in terms of the brand. It's a masterclass on how to do it differently, but do it. Uh, do it well so listeners if you're not following chris please go and uh, follow it because you you will see what i mean it's very very um uh, very clever and uh, all i can do is wish you the very best of luck in, uh, in your endeavors and keep on going with the uh, with the yellow hat thank you my friends greatly appreciate it that's a really heartfelt feedback and i look forward to our journey together moving forward some 
big stuff coming up for the next couple of years, definitely. Good, fantastic. And as always, to my guests, thank you very much for tuning in and listening. Really do appreciate it. If you want to be on this podcast, you just do what Chris did and just barge your way into my inbox. Um, if there are people that you want to recommend to be on this podcast, you know what to do. But um, from me to you, I don't know why I said that for those that know. <laughs> um, thank you. And wherever you're in the world, uh, keep well. And I'll see you until next time.